Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. But then question that a little bit. You know, if you were to take your child elementary school, let's say, to a mall and drop them off and say, you know, honey, talk to good people, find good people, go what's, where's familiar, where mommy and daddy would like, and I will pick you up in six hours. You know, none of us would do that. We would be like, yeah, that'd be pretty stupid. But we'll give a child a device and, and leave them in our home, not really understanding Who's reaching out to you? What are you being influenced by? What are you watching? Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to share today's guest with all of you. You are just listening to a short clip from Arlene Pelicane, who I absolutely adore. I got to meet Arlene in person last fall and already knew that I loved her, but we share just a heart for so many of the same things, and I feel like we could talk forever. But today, I get to talk to Arlene about something that she's done a ton of research on. She's written a few books alongside, hello, Gary Chapman. You know him from the five love languages. He's a really big deal. And Arlene and Gary have done a great job of diving into research related to raising kids in this screen-centric time in our world. And they offer so much hope, so much practical help and encouragement for parents. And they even have a book specifically for grandparents. So that is super cool. But today, Arlene and I are talking about really raising relational kids in a screen-driven world. And some of the things Arlene shared just seriously stopped me in my tracks. They were things I'd never even heard or thought of before. She also is sharing five emotional skills every child needs, which I think are going to be really helpful to you. And I'm going to have notes over in show notes. I literally took notes. So that might help you if you're out, you know, exercising or driving and you can't take notes, then definitely go over to show notes where I'm going to have a list of some of the bullet points she made. And then of course her book will give you that much more. And we'll be linking to all of her books and all the different things that she has available over in show notes, which you can find at monicaswanson.com forward slash Arlene dash Pelicane. And that is spelled P-E-L-L-I 
C-A-N-E. Okay, guys. Now, before we get into that conversation, I just have to give you a heads up. I'm so excited to share the news. Many of you have asked me when we're going to open the doors to the character training course again. And in less than two weeks, on March 27th, we're going to do a character course opening. It's just going to be for five days. So Monday to Friday, mark your calendars. Uh, If you happen to be new around here and you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, definitely check out the link in show notes, or you can go directly to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course, and you can see everything that's in there. This is a digital online course. It is self-paced. So once you're in it, you can take all the time you need to get through the different modules. We've got guest uh, interviews in there that add so much good stuff to this course. And we cover just about everything from toddler years all the way through the teenage years that relate to raising kids of godly character in this crazy world. So we talk about helping them make better choices. We talk about faith. We talk about anxiety. We talk about parents' own struggle with anger. And again, lots of downloads, lots of printables, things that are going to support you, encourage you, and things you can do with your kids as well. And then probably... The part of the course people love the most is at the end, we get really practical about this thing I call character training in both boy mom and in Raising Amazing. And it is a resource list that you can give to especially teenage kids, maybe some preteens, but it is a list of things like TED Talks, YouTube channels, um, books, podcasts. These are things that we can give to our kids to help inspire them to want to embrace godly character. It is a really packed list that we've put a lot of time into gathering things, but this is something really important in those teenage years that kids hear a message from somebody outside mom and dad and influences are so powerful. So anyway, I am just really excited to get to share this with you. Families all around the world have been impacted through the character training course, and I hope you can be one of them as well. Okay, now I'm so excited for today's episode. So without further ado, here is Arlene Pelican and I talking about raising relational kids in a screen-driven world. I hope you're encouraged. Arlene, welcome to the podcast. It's so much fun to be with you. Thank you, Monica. Oh, I'm so excited. We were just chatting before we hit record and laughing, and I just feel like I'm with a good friend, and it's just so fun to be online with you here. For sure. Me too. Yes. Well, I also am extra thrilled that we got to meet in real life way across the country over in Myrtle Beach at a little conference last fall, and I knew I would love you, but seeing you in person was just such a treat. Uh, so before we jump into this super important practical conversation. Can you just tell people a little about you and your family and all the rest? Yes. So I love having a happy home and trying to encourage others to do the same. And you know, and the way we do that, it's not a perfect home. It doesn't mean the kids get everything that they want. It just means (laughs) like, Lord, let us be in your presence because in your presence, there's fullness of joy Mm. and kind of getting the things, just very simple things in order, putting the marriage before the kids and Mm -hmm. kids honoring parents instead of the other way around. So kind Mm. of just those simple principles. But my husband, James, and I have been married for 24 years. We live in San Diego and we have three children. They go boy, girl, girl. So Ethan is Mm. a freshman in college. So that's all new for us. And then Noel is a junior in high school and Lucy is an eighth grader. Wow. So good. And you and your husband do quite a bit of ministry together as well, right? 
We do. We do. We have, you know, more things here locally in our church. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Any, a lot of what I say is like what he tells me. So oh. he doesn't really get the credit for it, but I'll be like, this was a really great idea. And it's, you know, basically what we were talking about at dinner. Oh, 100%. That is so right? us. And that's yeah. why in my book, Raising Amazing, I had my husband write sections because I was like, he needs to get some credit because yes. he pretty much gives me all the wisdom I share. That's totally true. I love it. So tell us too about some of the books you've written kind of leading up to what we'll talk about today. Yeah. So I have been so honored to write with Dr. Gary Chapman, who you may know from a Amazing. little tiny book called The Five Love Languages, right? <laughs> little book. So yes. yeah, a little tiny book. So he um, and I have written Screen Kids and also Grandparenting Screen Kids. Just so many people were coming to his office for counseling and screens was part of that. And so he really wanted to address how people feel loved and how we can still have those loving connections in a screen driven world. And so that's yeah. where those books, Screen Kids and Grandparenting Screen Kids, how those were born and just really trying to understand what is happening in the brain. What are things that we can do as parents? What are practical things we can do? Uh, other books uh, include that I've written include Parents Rising, just how very similar to Raising Amazing, like yeah. how as we as parents, can we really step into that God-given role and be leaders and rise up in our homes and mm -hmm. uh, 31 Days to a Happy Husband. That's my husband's favorite. Mm. I interviewed 31 men and asked them, you know, it. what makes your marriage amazing? And <sighs> they told me and I put it in wow. a book and it's kind of, you know, it's probably all things your husband wants to tell you, but it doesn't sound right <sighs> when it comes from him. But if, so it, good. if it comes from someone else, like the people I interviewed, Interviewed comedian Tim Hawkins, Dr. David Jeremiah, you know, counselors, Dr. So David good. Clark, and you know, hearing it from them, that was kind of more helpful, I think. Oh, that is so awesome. I love that so much. And we've already discussed having you back on to talk about Parents Rising, which yeah. we laugh. It, it really is similar. Somehow I didn't know about that one when I was writing Raising Amazing, but our subtitles are very similar. You can check they that are. out. I'll be linking to all of her books in show notes. And, and I love that they they complement one another. Um, it's such a, so good. I have that book and I love it now, now that I discovered it. Um, but I also love the focus on marriage because it is so much of my heart. And and just so important. So thank you for everything that you do and all the things you write about. I have to ask, how do you know Gary Chapman? That's like, he's a superstar. For sure. So can you imagine <laughs> as a starving author, I get an email one day from Moody Stop. Publishers. Yes. Moody Publishers, who publishes Dr. Chapman's All His Love Languages book. And it's literally an email that says, we are interested in a project about screens. Are you interested? So I was like, sure, I'm interested. And then the second email was, this would be co, you know, being co-author with Dr. Gary Chapman. And I literally fell on the floor. <laughs> I I bet like, you, you've got oh to my, be kidding. Serious. So that is how we met. That doesn't and happen. That does yeah, not happen. That is how we met. Yeah. Oh, and I'll bet he's such a great guy. He's amazing. He yeah. is the walking definition of amazing. Just the most Aww. kind, gentle, humble, mm. unassuming man who is just wants to be faithful to God and amplify yep. God and just love people. So he's he is amazing. Yes, and I love that he's written some really big, important books. But as our our culture is facing new issues, yeah. he is also addressing those and screens are at the very top. Yes. And so, oh, I'm so excited to talk to you today about screens, about, um, you know, how we can parent, how we can steward these children of ours in a world so saturated with screens. And this is something I talk about. I've, I've tried to write blog posts. All my books have, you know, a chapter dedicated to it, but I'm the first to admit I continue to struggle. It is not easy. It's similar to other areas of parenting. There's not a formula. There's not yeah. like 
one answer. Right. How many hours? How often? What can they do? Like, oh, it's just this messy thing, but you simplify it. You help us. So thank you for tackling this. Was it something you were already uh, learning about before you got this invitation or did you take a deep dive once you got the invitation? You know, I think it was something we were learning through experience mm -hmm. and then all the research and deep dive came after the invitation to write this book. But you yeah. know, when you think about that one thing, you know, what's the magic thing, the hours, the con whatever, yeah. really one of the really key things is an involved intentional parent. Like yeah. if you are an involved intentional parent, specifically mm -hmm. about technology, yeah. you will do so much better. So just keep mm -hmm. thinking, how can I engage myself in this? So my husband is a realtor and he would drive around with clients and their kids and their kids would be on their devices and they'd mm -hmm. be looking at a home, you know, that they're about to buy maybe. <clears throat> and the kids would still be on the devices oh, and yeah. not even look up at whatever house they were about to buy, whatever wow. neighborhood they were about to live in. And, and mm -hmm. my husband was just being credulous. Like you were moving from another state and you're not even looking around at the house. Wow. So these, kinds of experiences compounded over time yeah. really made us as parents think, okay, that we're not going to have our kids be like that. Like we, yeah. we're not going to allow them to be glued to the devices. Like they yeah. will look up when they have these big experiences or right. small experiences. So we made some really key decisions that are super simple, mm -hmm. but very odd. So we decided that we didn't want to do video games simply because once you started, it's really mm -hmm. hard to like okay, now we're on an everyone game, but now they want to play a different level game or now they, you know, we play slippery half an hour slope, on the weekend, right? but it's a slippery slope and now they want to play every day. So we just decided we're just going to take that out of the equation. So again, we're boy, girl, girl and decided no video games at home. And then we decided no social media and no smartphones or personal devices. So those were kind of our key decisions that we made when the kids were small. So growing up through elementary school, they kind of knew like, hey, when you're older, you're not going to have a phone. See that kid with a phone? That's not going to be you. So there wow. was always this expectation of that. And yep. yet we are still a very tech, tech rich home. We live in mm -hmm. California. They go to public school. They have school issued iPads starting in middle school, mm. school issued laptop, you know, so it's not that they don't have technology, we had just made those decisions. And we really found that those decisions really were helpful to us. And so for you, like, as you're thinking about it, I just want you to have courage to think, okay, what is this technology for? Like, do we really need this technology? Because maybe mm -hmm. we need a phone to communicate with our sixth mm -hmm. grader, but maybe we don't really need a smartphone. That's just because they want it, right? Yeah, <laughs> because they yeah. want it. But maybe uh -huh. they just need a safe phone, like the Gab phone, which, you mm -hmm. know, you can text, you can call GPS, music, but it's not a smartphone. It doesn't get on the internet. Maybe they need that instead. So the, those questions of like, why do you really need this? And then the willingness to be like, you know what? You're not going to be like everyone else. Yeah. You know, just having that framework because right. look at what's happening to everyone else. Two out of three oh college goodness. students, they surveyed 33,000 college students, two out of three lonely, one out of four uh, suicidal, suicidal thoughts, tendencies. So many kids anxious, depressed. It's like, why would I want to sign up for this for my child? And so you are going to be different, but hopefully because you are here and you're thinking about raising amazing, you are not afraid to be a little different. Right. Oh my goodness. This is, I, I love everything you've shared. And I love that you said simple, but odd. And I, a quote from Kristen Welch, who yes, has written a number love. of books. Yes. I love, but it, I may get it a little wrong, but I think she said, raising kids to be different from the world really does make them 
different from the world. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And, yeah. and I, I love that you were willing to make some hard choices, but how much that simplified things. And I, and it also reminds me of like our rule we made when the kids were young, that we're just not going to do sleepovers. Yeah. And it just kind of removed all of the, well, is this time? Okay. Is this, is this house? Okay. Can we, mm-hmm. and it just was like, if you simplify things, yeah. even when it's hard, oh, that is so good. And we're going to talk about that gab phone in a few minutes because I actually learned about it from you. And that is our plan when our 12 year old is ready. So I want, I'm going to ask you to tell us more about that. Yeah. Um, so good. So, so good. So maybe now let's just back up, give us some foundation from the research you've done and what you know, what's going on in the world. Is it the pandemic that really increased things? I mean, it was already an issue before the pandemic. So maybe tell us anything you can about what's setting us up to be in the position we're in right now. Yeah. And I think pre pandemic, you know, we already know we were already using screens, but post pandemic, it's that they're on it younger they're on it more. They kind of had that new norm of being online. And so Mm -hmm. that really just lit fire to it. I think even in the pornography industry, they saw like an 11% spike during the pandemic, things like that. So, and then you see these statistics now that half of two to four year olds have their own device, like either their own personal tablet or their own personal phone. And what happens when they have their own, right? It's, it's, when a child so young finds a video game or finds a show or finds whatever, it's like, what else can compare to that oh, yeah. excitement on that little tiny rectangle? Yeah. Candyland so does it's, not hold the same yeah, excitement. Yeah, <laughs> does not have the same excitement. <laughs> and so really that call is to push the device back as, as much as you can because mm. a child will do what you give them. So a lot of times we'll think, well, let's give the tablet or the phone. We learned this during the pandemic because it will make our life easier. Like, let's all be honest that our kid is at home. We know they're here, but they're safe with us, so to speak. And they have this device. It'll make our life easier. But then question that a little bit. You know, if you were to take your child elementary school, let's say, to a mall and drop them off and say, you know, honey, talk to good people, find good people, <laughs> go what's, where's familiar, where mommy and daddy would like, and I will pick you up in six hours. You know, mm-hmm. none of us would do that. We would be yeah. like, yeah, that'd be pretty stupid. But we'll give a child a device and, and leave them in our home, mm-hmm. not really understanding who's reaching out to you. What are you being influenced by? Mm-hmm. What are you watching? Because yeah. it starts very innocent at every age of things that are benign and fine, But then think of what is big tech serving up your kids. There's a Wall Street Journal uh, journalist who pretended to be a 13-year-old on TikTok. And she got 569 um, videos about drugs, about pornography, about, uh, you know, anorexia, eating disorders, all these things. It's like, why would we do that? So we really have to to Mm. question the content of what is being seen yeah. And that is very hard for a child to control, right? Absolutely. You can't expect a child to moderate, be like, oh, mm-hmm. this is probably a little unhealthy. I should stop. Right. You know, this, totally. is, this is not their job. It's yeah. as my husband likes to say, it's too much weight on the bar. Like yeah. your child mm-hmm. cannot bench press that Amen. phone, that digital candy, that steady stream. Mm-hmm. So in the brain, 
you know, we have this lovely part called the prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. And this is our executive decision maker that is fully formed at 25. And now they say sometimes because people are so delayed at 30. So this is the part why does a teenage boy, you know, do X, Y, and Z? Because the part of their brain is not developed yet. Mm -hmm. So this is self-regulation. This is mood. This is, you know, self-control. This is, you know, seeing the big picture, dreaming of being an architect and what does it mean to become that, you know, that part of the brain. Well, when a child is playing video games, their body thinks like, whoa, this is exciting. we got to keep this kid alive. Like he's running, he's running. It's stress. It's fight or flight. And so the blood is going to support the breathing, the heart, all those things. And there's no blood flow to the brain. So there's Mm -hmm. literally like just kind of anemic in there. And Mm. so once in a while, this is not a big deal. But if your child is gaming or on social media as much as the average child, and they're going to graduate out of high school, maybe with 10,000 hours worth of online kind of candy, Mm. where that brain is not getting the the supplements that it needs, Mm -hmm. then you're Mm -hmm. literally hindering, you know, the brain growth literally of your child. And so to realize that my child needs a good night's sleep, my child needs silence, my child needs not the constant dopamine driven, you know, excitement of screen time and and really scheduling those kinds of quiet moments, athletic moments, peaceful moments in your child's Mm day. Oh, that is huge. Okay. So it's, it's complicated though, right? We can acknowledge Everything you're saying, I'm sure everyone listening is just nodding and saying, wow, this is very serious. Yeah. Uh, I do agree. A few minutes ago, you mentioned how normalized it's become and the kids in the back of the car staring at a screen. Just recently, we were at a restaurant and the the, uh, server kept coming up to a kid and saying, get off your phone. And the parents weren't even challenging them because they they just kept going back to it. And the server would come by and be, get off your phone. You're not allowed to do that in here. And I was laughing that he had the guts to do that. But it is so normal. You just see it everywhere. And I think a lot of parents have kind of just given up because it is so much easier than that battle. Um, But do you have uh, some guidelines for like, how do you know when your kid is spending too much time on screens or is there an amount of time by age that you recommend? Yeah, this is a great question. So they are doing, the National Institute of Health are doing a study of 10,000 kids and they found that three things, and these are very simple things, really help kids be healthy. So a good night's sleep. So whether that's eight hours, 10 hours, one hour of daily exercise and two hours or less of amusing screen time or what I like to call digital candy, right? So Mm. just even thinking, okay, those are my priorities. If you as a parent will think to yourself, my child needs to have a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? No screens in the bedroom, maybe no TV right before bedtime, things like that, you know, kind of shutting down at seven o'clock and starting to read and starting to do quieter things and then going Mm. to sleep. So a good night's sleep, one hour of exercise, two hours or less of screen time. So you can kind of stay with that with the base. And then with your own kids, you can use kind of a scale of thinking casual, at risk, addicted. And this will shift. Like one day your kid will be fine. And then three weeks later, you'd be like, oh my word, you know, casual is, hey, we play this video game on the weekends for half an hour. Then we drop it and go do something else. We don't talk about it. It's not a big deal. We don't fight about it. It's just kind of a fun thing we do. Casual, mm-hmm. this is this is working. At risk is, okay, they play the game on the weekend, but then Monday it's like, hey, can I play 
no, no, you have to wait till the weekend, Wednesday. Everybody else gets to play mom during the week. Why can't I play Mm -hmm. during the week? You know, no, you can't Friday. Oh my word. I can't wait until you can play that game. And then you're Mm -hmm. realizing like, you're kind of at risk. Like this is really too important Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And then your addicted kid, of course, is you're seeing that, wow, you cannot go a day without Mm -hmm. playing that game, going into your room, being with social media, whatever it is you're doing. If we go on a family vacation without Wi-Fi for five days, you're just like, no, I really couldn't do that. Or Mm -hmm. you see all sorts of other things in their life take a hit. So for instance, they were a good student or a fair student and you see them dropping off. They used to love soccer or music or ballet or art or whatever. And then now you see that they're kind of disinterested. The friends they used to hang out with in the cul-de-sac, they're not doing that anymore. They're sitting in their room. You know, they're, they're becoming more disobedient. They're moody. They're more irritated, irritating, irritating and irritated. (laughs) (laughs) So you see these kinds of things happen and you know, like, okay, this is a tied to the video game they're playing, or this is tied to them spending so much time in their room, or this is tied to what they are consuming on social media or on YouTube or on Netflix. And so as a parent, I think it's really important to keep gauging and being like, Mm -hmm. okay, when we see that we're sliding in mm-hmm. the wrong direction. This is not mm-hmm. the time for despair. This is not the time for apathy. This is the time for like, hey, we're going to do a reset. Like we're kind of seeing you're important to us. Your health is important to us. So our whole family, like everybody, we're a team mm-hmm. and we're all going to do like a one week reset and and everybody's going to give up something. Someone's going to give up video games. Dad's going to mm-hmm. give up news. Mom's going to give up shopping, whatever it is. And we're going to do it together and just have those rhythms where when you see you're kind of drifting in the wrong direction that you yeah. can say, okay, here's what we're going to do. This might look like an apology. Like you give your, yeah. your, a phone to a child and then you realize, okay, this is really not going well for you. Yeah. And that's an apology. Like, Hey, yeah. it's, it's up to me while you're under my roof. When you're 18 and you're out of the home, mm-hmm. you can watch videos, you can <laughs> play video mm-hmm. games. Like that's going to be up to you. Mm-hmm. But while you're in our home, while we're with us, it's my job to help you to be as healthy mm-hmm. as possible. And it was my mistake to give you the phone. Yeah. It was too mm-hmm. soon. So yeah. I'm going to take it back and I'm really sorry. And we're mm-hmm. going to hold it indefinitely. And let's just see how you feel in a week or two. Okay. That child is going to be like, they're, you're not going to get the Nobel peace prize, you know, right. from doing it's that. Not they're, not the gonna, they're not going to no. like that. No. But I think in time, mm-hmm. you're going to really help that child. So yeah. don't be afraid of making those hard calls and yeah. just reining it back when you see it's getting too weird and crazy. Oh, that is such good advice. That is excellent advice. Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. But I want to pause real quick to tell you about something I'm super excited about. Now, I think you all know that I think parenting is the greatest role in the world, right? But I think you'll also agree with me that it's the hardest. And it's rewarding, it's challenging, it's heartwarming, it's exhausting, and sometimes it can even be confusing. Can I get an amen to that, right? Well, you all know that I am so grateful for Christian Parenting, who produces this podcast, and I love their digital event they hold every year called the Every Parent Wants to Know event. Now, many of you have been a part of these in the past. You have loved the speakers, and the really cool thing about these events is that, yes, you can jump in and watch all of them over one weekend, 
which a lot of people do, but you can also take till the end of the year to catch all the speakers. And so April 14th is the date, but you have the rest of the year to catch all the speakers. And there are some really, really good topics. Just answering that question, every parent wants to know, well, what do they want to know? A whole lot. I am personally speaking on sibling relationships, which we all want to know more about, right? I'm still learning too, but there's so many good topics and I have a link for you. It'll be in the show notes, but if you want to head over right now, you can go straight to perfectlyimperfect.org forward slash Monica. Just that simple, perfectlyimperfect.org forward slash Monica. Get your tickets. You want to be a part of this event. Spread the word to your friends as well. I think you're going to love it. And now we'll get back to the show. Okay, so then the follow-up question. I love that you brought the whole family into it. That's a great approach. Uh, But in an honest moment, most of us would say that we're not setting the best example for our kids. Like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But do you have some advice or encouragement for parents how we can set better examples, some things we might be doing that we don't realize is setting a bad example? Speak to us in big sister loving words here. (laughs) Yes. And so this is kind of that question like, are you willing to sacrifice the Mm -hmm. comfort of your screen time? the escape of your screen time, you know, are you willing to sacrifice that for the health of, you know, someone else in your family? And so that's kind of a core question. Like, am I willing to do that? Because it is easier and we are in habits and part of it too. It's not like you're evil or you're wicked or something, but you have habits, your body just, you've trained your brain to, Mm -hmm. oh, I have a spare moment. I'm going to check Instagram. I have a spare moment. I'm going to get caught up on work emails. I have a spare moment. I'm going to, you know, do this. We've trained our brain this way. So Part of it comes from like, Lord, am I willing to change myself for the sake of my child? Now, normally we do this when we hit rock bottom, like Mm -hmm. we are really at the bottom. And if something doesn't change, like it's going to be dramatically awful for our family. So if we can realize this before we hit rock bottom, like, hey, it's not as great as it should be. We're kind of mm-hmm. on the mediocre scale. Why yeah. don't we do this? You know, I think that really helps. You know, they they surveyed 6,000 kids from around the world asking them, what's your parents' worst habit? And 54% of the kids said checking their phone. And 35% mm, of them said looking at the phone while I am talking to them. So I think if we ouch. get this realization of like, wait, how are we doing? Like, what do we look like? If we, you know, we always tease like the teenager that's on their phone, like, I wish you'd look at me. Well, maybe we are the ones as the mom mm-hmm. or the dad. We're so used to it, like multitasking, not looking at our kids when they're talking to us. Again, if that happens once in a while, it's not a big deal. But if it happens constantly, then our children learn like, oh, I'm not very important to my mom, to my dad, their business on the phone or their entertainment on their phone, whatever they're doing on their phone is more important than me. Mm -hmm. And that's a a point of repentance, like a point of change of like, wow. So it could be, it looks like, you know, first of all, coming to grips with, okay, I am willing to change if I, Mm -hmm. if I hear something corrective. And then second, inviting that change, asking a child, a a two-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, hey, is mom on the phone too much? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like I'm all here when you're talking to me? And then just go quiet and and let them really tell you and then let that settle. And and maybe you're not ready to make the change and you just say, okay, thanks for telling me, buddy. (laughs) And then you really think about it. And then when you are ready to make the change, then say to them, okay, I heard you. And this is going to be my new rhythm is I'm not going to have the phone near me during mealtimes. And that's your first step. And then your next Mm. step is 
I'm not going to look at my phone first thing in the morning or last thing at night. I want that to be our time, few minutes together, you know, whatever it is, but make it as specific as you can, as measurable as you can. So Mm. you know, if you're really doing it. Oh, that is such good advice. I love that. And, and I can't help but think if those of us, at least, you know, I'm, I'm an older mom to have a 12 year old, but if this is something I struggle with and my husband struggles with, and we didn't even grow up with this stuff. Yeah. And as we're setting, if we are setting a bad example, then what are our kids going to be like when they're parents? And you know, we're going to be those grandparents that just love those grandkids so much. And it'll break our heart to think that their parents might be on screens all the time and that we were a part of setting that bad example. I just kind of shudder at that thought. So that's- And that is one of the questions in the book is if your children grow up to use technology just like you, would you be satisfied? You know, and and that's what parenting is. It's a call, right? For us to be like, how can we just get one step more relational, one step, you know, better, et cetera. It's, It's a call to make us better people. Yeah. Okay, that that just stopped me in my tracks. I mean, I always talk about modeling, but I don't think I've ever actually thought those specific words. Yes. If my kids handle technology like I do. Oh, yeah, this is really, really important. Okay, we could really talk about this stuff on and on. There's so much to this, but I do want to touch on the five emotional skills. You talk about every child needing, even in this screen saturated world, uh, people can get your book. I'm going to be linking to that. I think that we all need it. And, And I do love, I have to mention, I love that you have a version for grandparents. Because I think there's so many grandparents looking for help with this. So yes, that was awesome. Um, but can you touch on those five emotional skills? Yeah, we always think about A plus, like the grades, right? But really mm-hmm. what's more important than the grades are like, what kind of human being, you know, is your child yeah. becoming? So the five A plus skills are affection. Your child knows how to give and receive love. They're not looking for love in the wrong places. They know how to reciprocate love. They are loving people. The second A plus skill is appreciative. They're the kid that says, thank you. They're not the kid that's like, why don't I have that video game? Like everybody else has that, or I need the latest phone right now, you know? So uh-huh. they're not entitled. They're appreciative. Mm. The third one is anger management that we oh. all are going to get mad, but how do we deal with it? How mm-hmm. do we, are we constructive with it? Can we recognize when a true wrong has been committed and there is reason to be angry mm-hmm. or that I just didn't get my way and I really yeah, like want to, uh-huh. you know, bail out. Oh, you know. Sure. So anger, how do you manage anger? The fourth one is apology. Can you apologize in real life? Because you're going to do things that are wrong, parents mm-hmm. included, and we mm-hmm. need to know how to repair relationships. Mm-hmm. But in a tech-driven world, people don't necessarily repair relationships. When a relationship goes south, they just you know ghost mm-hmm. the person or they say mean things about them on mm-hmm. social media and they just hash it out that way instead of mm-hmm. face-to-face like how it really should be done. So yeah. can they apologize? Wow. Do they even feel the need to apologize? Because a lot That's of big. kids today right, think like, oh, well, it's so-and-so's fault. It's not my fault that that wow. happened. You know? mm-hmm. So can they apologize? And then the last one is attention. Can they pay attention? And you know, you ask any teacher today versus if they taught 20 years ago and they'll say, Mm -hmm. wow, it's quite a different classroom because I have to fight so hard to keep these kids attention. 
And why is that? Because we used to watch Mr. Rogers, who was very slow, you Mm -hmm. know, and now we watch SpongeBob. So it's very different. So the attention span is changing so much. And yet a child needs to have an attention span to Mm -hmm. listen to what a parent Mm -hmm. is saying, to read a book, you know, to have these Mm -hmm. conversations uh, where empathy is required. They have to be able to sit still enough and and take their wandering mind and pay attention. So it is really an important emotional skill. So those are the five A plus skills. Oh, that's so good. And and you go further into all of them. Yeah. So we go very deep into each skill and then like practically how could you strengthen this skill in your child? Oh yeah. Everybody needs this book. So good. Okay. Before we wrap up, can you tell us about the Gab phone? I'm yes. really excited. This is like yes. the answer to all it of our is problems. A good, it really is a good answer. It's gabwireless.com. You can use mm-hmm. my name, Arlene, and it will give you a discount, like whatever you're getting. If you're getting, they have watches and they have phones and now you can have music on it. And they have a new Samsung one that looks pretty good. I know some, for a lot of the kids, like your 12 year old, right? They don't want this phone that looks like, oh yeah, I'm carrying around this kid's phone. So it really does look respectable that if it's in their pocket and they're using it, you know, if they don't make a big deal of it, I don't think people are going to really super tease them about it, but it just goes, you know, you can text, you can group text, you can take pictures. Uh, there's GPS on it, but there's not the internet. So your kid's not going to be able to play video games. Your kid's not going to play, do social media. And the idea there is why put that temptation in their pocket all the time. Mm-hmm. So this is a really oh, yeah. wonderful hybrid to kind of yes. say, okay, this is what we quote unquote need it for to communicate. Cause yep. that's all well the kids say we need it, but what they really mm-hmm. want is the social media and the video yeah. games. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a way to have, be in touch with your kid. But you know, another thing that's so amazing, I think Monica about this, that we don't look at is it's teaching your kid not to always count on their phone for everything. So when they have a spare moment, if you have a smartphone, you just look down and you like play games and do stuff. Well, if you don't, if you have a phone, like a gab phone, but it's not a smartphone, you keep the phone in your pocket and you find someone to talk to, or you find Mm -hmm. something to do. And that's really what we're trying to help our kids to do. So that's a beauty of the gab wireless phone. And again, you can use that promo code Arlene for a discount. Awesome. I'm going to link to all that in show notes too. I just think it's, it's brilliant. There's my husband is quoted. I wish I could remember who it is. It's an older song. It might even be like, I feel like it's a, 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 I think it's a rapper, but (laughs) somebody who at least at one point was Christian. I don't know. I I don't have, but he had a song that my husband often Uh, refers to. And it's something about that's a layup. And in the song, he was talking about different temptations we have in life and how he was telling people that's a layup like that is so and you and I are athletes right did you play basketball is no that right? what was your where, didn't you I was a, a cheerleader I was on oh, the other side why did I think but I was and I was also not an athletic cheerleader like I couldn't do the splits and I couldn't hold anybody so I just had you to were like, just be on the, cute. and I am tall so I just had to be on the side like talking <laughs> yeah you're so darling I'm sure you are great I don't know why I was thinking that we had that in common. I love that though you probably because you're tall and thin Dream and you on, look like sister. you could be a basketball yeah. player yes anyways so so my husband says certain things. He's like, that's a layup. Like that's a given that yes. does not have to be that hard. And when we've talked about problems in families, my husband has said, yeah, the smartphones that kids have, it's a layup. Just take away the phone. It's yes. like, seriously, that will solve a gazillion yes. problems if yeah. you just get that phone out of their hands. And so this Gab phone is really genius because it solves that problem, it may not be what they want. It may not be easy, but 
it's such a better option yeah. and it still gives them what they really, like you said, need, maybe yeah. not what they want. And guess what? I heard this recently and it's amazing to me. If you say no to the smartphone, you say no once. It's like, sorry, kid, no smartphone. If you get the smartphone, it's oh. like you're starting an adversary relationship with your child because from now on, you're going to be like, no, put that down. No, you can't play that video game. No, you can't look at pornography. No, you can't be on social media. And there's all these yes, no's. Sorry. And they actually oh. have like a psychologist. He was on the Screen Strong podcast and he was saying how the children actually will not like the sound of your voice because they will equate your voice with this constant, no, you can't do whatever it is you Whoa. want to do, like your amusement, your entertainment. And so to think of why would I bring that into my home where I have to constantly now have this adversarial relationship with you. Oh, so you either get yes. one no, hey, buddy, you get this safe phone that doesn't go on the internet, but you get one no, or yeah. you get a smartphone and now you get lots of no's. So as your husband would say, that's a layup, man. That is a that's layup. That's a layup. Oh, that's yeah. so good. And my jaw just dropped when you said right? that about them learning to dislike our voice. Me that's too. Kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Yikes. But it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, because you're the that. one always in the way of what they want to do. Oh, for and, sure. And it's, that is and so it's constant, good. right? Yes. yes. And yes. I talk, you know, in, in Raising Amazing, I have a chapter on yeses and nos. And I, yeah. I love to focus on all the yeses we have as parents. Yes. And I think that when we give them something like the Gab phone or just say no to a smartphone, now let's look at all the yeses out there. There's so, right. many yeses. Yes, so, so many yeses. Oh, that is so good. Okay, well... I've been taking notes. I'm going to try to put some of the things you've said into some notes so that people can refer to them. But I have a feeling um, people are just going to need to get your book because all this is in there. So much good information. And then we're going to have you back to talk more about Parents Rising and just other parenting stuff that you and I could talk for days about. Totally. <laughs> yes. So uh, why don't, well, wait, before you go, I'd love to ask you my question that I'm trying to remember to ask all my guests here in this new year. And that is, can you share something from your life recently that has been amazing, something that's been a pleasant surprise or caused wonder? So we live in San Diego, which puts us very close to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And my amazing is that through YWAM, they have this program called Houses of Hope, where they build a house for a family in Mexico. The family has to have skin in the game, so they buy the land, but they can't mm -hmm. afford the house. Mm -hmm. And then they help the team from America build the house. So they're building alongside, obviously, the dad and the mom and the kids are building alongside wow. of the team. So it's really such a cool concept. And they put it up in two days. So my wow. daughter, Noelle, who is 16, she went recently to this. And what was so amazing was a few things. One, we've always had her in the dual immersion program. So what it means is she learned Spanish. Oh, and good. that's always been like a drag, like I got to learn Spanish. But when she was in Mexico, building <laughs> yes. the house and with the team, it was awesome that she oh. knew the language. So that was amazing. And then she doesn't really like kids, which is totally fine. That does not bug me at all. But the daughter of the of this family, her name is Camila, and she was like seven, loved Noelle because obviously Noelle can speak Spanish and Noelle was the teenager in the group. So she was like at her side, like most of the time, most wow. of the build. And Noelle was like, mom, she is my favorite kid in the whole world. Mm -hmm. She's not like the kids in America who are so like bratty and like mm -hmm. whiny. She's and, like yeah. this kid, just like anything you did for her. She was so thankful and she had mm -hmm. nothing, mom. She just had like one toy and she was so happy. And so she wow. made a big impression on her. And it really like the whole thing made a huge impression on Noelle of what I think we as parents love 
for our kids just to light up to see the world is bigger than my high school and there are things in the world I can do to help others. So that was truly amazing. And I was just so thrilled that she got to do that. Oh, that is so amazing. And I know YWAM well because we're here in Hawaii where there's a YWAM base and we've spent a lot of time with YWAM folks. But um, your daughter's a teenager. And so is this something if we link to, can you get me a link? Is this something other teenagers can be a part of? Yes, I can do that. Yeah, it's called Homes of Hope and it's out of uh, Mexico, Baja, California. And I will send that to you. Yes. Yeah, I kind of want my 12-year-old to do it. I feel I like know, this so would be very we, good for I, Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, we went with our church, so I'm not oh, sure okay. how it works. Like, if you have yeah. to go, I don't know how you get in a group. So that's yeah. how we got in a group is All we right. went with our church. Yeah. Yes, and there's other things out there. I just think giving kids those experiences, you know, yes. we're talking about technology here. What an eye-opening experience for them to see what's going on in other areas of the world and just perspective. So totally. much perspective. Oh, I love that. Okay. So if somebody wants to find and follow you right now, which I highly recommend everybody does, where can they go? They can go to ArlenePelicane.com. It's my name, ArlenePelicane.com. And that'll have links over to Happy Home University. Mm -hmm. And there you'll find like, I have courses. So if you want to do Screen Kids and you want to go deeper into a course, I have a Screen Kids little film, a documentary of my kids talking about, you know, what it's like to not have a smartphone. Like, were they ridiculed and made fun of? Are they scarred for life? So you can find all those things at HappyHomeUniversity.com. And then I have a podcast called The Happy Home. Yes, such a good podcast too. So, oh, Arlene, thank you so much for being with us. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you. It's been so fun. Thank you, friend. All right, guys, I wasn't kidding, was I? How awesome is she? And so many good things that we can all chew on, think about, hopefully put into action, because this is a topic that is truly so important. I know it's hard, but it's so, so important. So again, you can find show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. That's where like all of them are. Or you can go specifically today to monicaswanson.com forward slash Arlene dash Pelicane. Okay, so a lot of things going on and they're all linked to in show notes. Don't forget about the Christian Parenting event coming up this spring and also the character training course that's opening in less than two weeks. And again, you can check that out at monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. All right, friends, thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting this podcast and for spreading the word about it to your friends. I appreciate you so much. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, aloha. Aloha.